Are you going to do characters? Do you want to wing this? Sorry, Caitlin, there's like no short summary. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't I do the short summary? I mean, do you want to do do the the characters? That's fine. I was mostly kidding. Yes, no, never mind. Caitlin, do the characters. How about we intro the episode first? What? Hello. I don't know if that's the important part. (laughs) I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. I'm Emmy. So it's fellowship time. That's the rumor. There's a fellowship, and there's a ring. Some elves are getting up to stuff, and I guess a few hobbits. I I like hobbits. (laughs) I've always felt, actually, a good kinship with hobbits. Because they eat, and they drink. And sends him on a quest. Gandalf super doesn't really want Frodo to get out of the house. Suck it, Gandalf. Pipeweed. Pull up an armchair, grab a pipe and a pint from the green dragon. So you want to read Tolkien. Reading The Fellowship of the Ring. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of Us. (laughs) (laughs) Book two, chapter one, many meetings. Stop laughing at me. I'm sorry, you just went episode... 48. <laughs> was just, I, was I don't know why it felt so long. For the number, because I didn't know it. I didn't either, except earlier I called it chapter 48. So, you know, I'm here. All right. Yes, book two, chapter one. Yeah, I hate that so much, but gonna... it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, good time. So let's dive right in to some characters. This week, we've got Hobbits. I was going to say four of them, but that's actually inaccurate. Um, there are five. We have our regular four hobbits, a Frodo, a Sam. You know what? Do we even Mary, see Merry and Pippin, Pippin in this do. chapter? We do. We do. They appear very briefly. Okay. But they don't like say anything. They do, yeah, in they fact, do. have lines. Pippin says something like, you're very clever, Frodo, waking up just before it's time oh, to you're eat. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Good, good, good. Okay. And then our, oh, so Mary and Pippin also. And then we have a surprise fifth hobbit with Bilbo. Yay, Yay! Bilbo! And then we have a return of Gandalf, the wizard. Yay! Where the heck has he been? Who knows? We still don't find out. Nope. And we have an Elrond who we haven't seen since the last book, The Hobbit. Yay! And then also the book before that. Which book? The last book, book one, or yeah, that's where I specified the Hobbit. And and then um, we we don't really meet, but we see a very pretty elf named Arwen, and Glorfindel is still about. And then we meet a dwarf, also, who we may recognize from the previous book, whose name is Gloin. I wonder who's who his kid is. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think he's going to be important. I don't think he's going to be important either. And um, Aragorn, Strider, Dunedain makes an appearance in this chapter with more names because why not? More song too. It's very exciting. Yep. He does also, via Bilbo, have the best line in this chapter, but we'll get there. Carry on. The short summary for uh, many meetings is basically just that Frodo awakens in Rivendell, where he sees his many friends and has many, many long conversations. Um, and he sits at dinner beside some old and new friends that we recognize from previous books. Well, you've managed to take my words and make them twice as long. Yep. 
and he's good. He didn't at have that. very many. <laughs> so, um, as we mentioned, Bilbo wakes up and he finds Gandalf at his bedside. Gandalf uh, explains that Frodo is in the hell in the house of Elrond and that everyone is safe. He already knows all about Frodo's adventures because Frodo talks in his sleep. Creepy. Yep. And he also like read his mind, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Didn't he say that? Okay. Here's where. Yeah, Emmy was concerned about this too, and I'm still trying to figure out if it's a literal reading of Frodo's mind or a like you talk in your sleep and I could guess at your mind type of reading. Yeah, of mind. I right. couldn't tell either, um, because on the one hand we know that Gandalf has a lot of powers and probably could read people's minds if he, you know, dedicated any amount of time to it. But on the other hand, he's Gandalf. And why would he really want to go into people's minds? Frodo is sort of an open book. <laughs> so, but I, okay. I have this like strange image in my head of Frodo lying sick in bed, almost dying, and then softly recounting his entire adventure to Gandalf <laughs> while mostly unconscious. <laughs> That does seem a little weird. I just don't think that that's how that would work. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, here's... So the exact words are what... You have talked long in your sleep, Frodo. And it has not been hard for me to read your mind and memory. So, listeners out there, please tell us. Is Gandalf creepy? Or is he... Or caring. Also creepy. But what manner of creepy? (laughs) All the creepy. Yeah. Anyway. We... We love him. It's a little weird. Um, also, just his habit of adopting hobbits. Also weird. But, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Frodo's awake. Gandalf is cagey about where he's been, but he does at least say he was captured. Maybe we'll find out eventually. Uh, Gandalf is not supposed to let Frodo talk or worry, but Frodo is like, uh, by not talking, I'll worry more. So tell me what's up. And Gandalf ends up recounting what happened after Frodo passed out crossing the river. Uh, Namely, that Frodo has been out for four four nights and three days, and that Elrond fished out a sliver of the blade that was in Frodo's shoulder and working its way inward. Uh, Which just felt very Tony Stark to me. I wish we'd gotten to see that. Right? I just, I don't like thinking about him, like, for what, it, it was only like a day ago that they found it, and it's like for three days there... Like just digging, digging in his shoulder. In his chest. Excuse me while I throw up in my mouth. Uh, anyway, uh, Gandalf talks about how impressive Frodo is for getting there and withstanding the fading and all that fun. Uh, and we have a nice bit of Black Rider anatomy conversation, uh, namely that they are made of nothingness, but they wear real black robes to give them form and also ride real horses. I don't really understand the logistics of this because they like knock on doors and stuff, but super not the point. <laughs> well, in the movie, they have like metal gloves on. Ah, so, but like, yeah, I don't, are they just oh like, my God, do they? I never noticed that. But like, I'm just being like facetious. It doesn't make sense. Is it solid okay, invisibility or is <laughs> it's it, like, what the heck? it just, yeah, um, whatever. And we're not going to go there. Uh, Gandalf also notices uh, that Frodo has just a hint of transparency about him, especially in the left hand. So that's, you know, not good. But eh, he's not dead. So I think that's kind of cool, actually. I mean, I would be like, why am I not the rest of the way transparent? That yeah, would be really right? useful. 
you could get up to shenanigans. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't try to do that in the movie, but it would look really cool if you could actually do it. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, back at the river, when the river rose to drown the Black Riders, uh, Aragorn and Glorfindel had been ready with fire to get any of the riders that weren't washed away. Aragorn's favorite weapon, Ooh, fire stick. Fire stick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, Glorfindel uh, revealed his true form or something, which basically just means... Power up. Yeah, he's a badass old elf, and the writers were scared of him and then got washed away. I hate this idea that he had a magical transformation sequence, and we didn't get to see it. Right? I hate the idea that his magical transformation sequence ended up with him glowing like a light bulb. I mean, as it should. Yeah, obviously. If I had a magical transformation sequence, I'd want to be glowing afterwards. Right? I think that all glowing transformation sequences should just belong to Caladriel, and she should have them forever. See, I was picturing this We don't this need another like, one in this world. I, you're picturing, <laughs> picturing Sailor Moon. It, I was actually picturing She-Ra, ah, which, to be fair, is better. very Sailor Moon influenced. Yes. But yeah. Anyway, magical girl, magical girl Glorfindel. Good times. Also, because Gandalf is super extra, uh, when the river was rushing to sweep them away, he was who had his added touch of the figures of riders on horses in the river. And he also added boulders. This is the best. It's so extra. Because literally, it was just for the hobbits and Strider and Glorfindel. <laughs> you know, like, look, I made this attack pretty for you. <laughs> and then added boulders when you're like, your hobbit's right there. And, and like, you just got done saying they don't have physical form. Yeah. <laughs> so he was just feeling real salty about yep. them horses. Pretty much. Oh, now I feel bad for the horses. <laughs> I mean, they were raised in Mordor, yeah. good evil horses. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get there in a minute. I just gotta process. There will now be much merrymaking to celebrate the ring bearer, and uh, also heir to Bilbo, aka the ring finder, because we have to give everyone more names. Uh, Frodo comments on how he wonders where Bilbo is, because Bilbo would love the story of all that happened. Wow, but Bilbo, what a coincidence. But Bilbo isn't here. He's so sad about it. <laughs> uh, and then Frodo sleeps some more. And awakens again to a mighty hunger. So he gets up and meets Sam at the door. And Sam runs to Frodo and grabs his left hand tenderly and strokes it. Okay. Very weird feelings here. His left invisible hand. Oh, that is weird. Uh, I feel like this is the scene where everybody gets their Sam Frodo like where the where the shipping begins. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's gonna be more, but I've always felt it more of a Frodo Aragorn thing. So I just don't I just don't see it. I mean, but that's me personally. There was another line I meant to write down to comment on for you for later about that, but you know, um, I guess I've always just got more of like a brotherly feeling between those two, mm -hmm. and I get that I'm in the minority here. Nothing wrong with that. How I feel. Frodo loves Aragorn. Carry on. Yep. No. <laughs> uh, they're when they're talking about how uh, Strider saved them, and Frodo's all grateful about it, and comments on how Sam had never hadn't quite trusted him uh, mm -hmm. until the end, and Gandalf's like, "Oh, he has no more doubts now." And Frodo says, "I am glad, for I have become very fond of Strider." Well, he fond is not the right word. I mean, oh, yeah. he is dear to me. I also highlighted this for Caitlin. <laughs> I'm so glad you both think of me. Yep. We think of you fondly. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now I'm going to be paying attention to this, so we're going to see how this goes. To Aragorn and Frodo yep. forever? Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, the point is, everyone is friends and loves each other and is happy that Frodo's alive. Uh, and speaking of everyone being happy, Sam takes Frodo to meet the others, and they are, in fact, all happy to see Frodo. Uh, Pippin tries to call Frodo the Lord of the Ring, but Buzzkill Gandalf tells him that that's a really bad idea. Yeah. I do enjoy that we still get these moments of Pippin making really poor decisions right. in the book. You know, it's not like <laughs> it's a like... complete transformation in the movie into he is mostly a goofball. Yep. It, it did definitely come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Anyway, now let's feast. So... Seating arrangements. I have not, right? Nope. Seating arrangements. Uh, Glorfindel and Gandalf are seated at the head table along with Elrond. Uh, and remember, we get our first real look of him in this book. Uh, Frodo interestingly notes that as they sat upon Elrond's right hand and his left, Glorfindel and even Gandalf, whom he thought he knew so well, were revealed as lords of dignity and power. <laughs> uh, which obviously we knew about Glorfindel, but kind of seeing you know, Gandalf in his element here among the other ancient beings, never forgetting that Gandalf ranks higher than them. Yeah, all of them. I always thought that, like, the Shire and a pipe and some pipeweed was really Gandalf's element. This is just, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I guess I'm this, too. Yep. <laughs> just an afterthought. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm this ancient being. Eh, whatever. Which is why Gandalf is so great. Yep. Totally. Um. But yeah, now Frodo's sort of seeing it too. Uh, Elrond, though, here, uh, he's described as ageless, with hair dark as the shadows of twilight, and eyes as gray as a clear evening, and in them was a light like the light of stars. Which, quite nice. Uh, yeah. And coincidentally, Frodo also notices another figure, who is Elrond's daughter Arwen, uh, in whom it was said that the likeness of Luthien had come on Earth again. And she was called Undomio, for she was the even star of her people. Also has, like, twinkling lights in her eyes or whatever. <laughs> okay, but isn't she, like, sitting off to the side by herself? I don't think she's off to the side. Isn't she in the center? I think... She's at the high table with her dad. I thought oh, it was the center it... of the not high table. Okay, I was just picturing okay, it really confused. strangely in my head then. You're right, in the middle of the table against the woman cloth, there was a chair and a canopy. Because it said that there was a canopy... Mm -hmm. And I just, like, can't picture this one chair with a canopy in the middle of a table. That seems <laughs> stupid. I pictured her under a canopy off to the side because my brain wanted to make sense of this ridiculous image. Yes. Oh, I guess Elrond is at the end of the table and she's somewhere in the middle. So it's a very long table. All right. Anyway. I've got it now. Super unimportant. So uh, Elrond has, in fact, recently returned to Rivendell from Lorien, the land of her mother. Her brothers, uh, Eladan and Elrohir, are not present. They regularly ride out with rangers to kill orcs and vengeance for their mother's torment. Look at how useful they are. They didn't deserve Jeez. to be cut out of the movies. Yep. I'm joking. We didn't need more men. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like this super exciting, like, it's, it's one sentence that gives us, like, the backstory of three whole people. Yeah. Managed to pack quite a lot in there. Anyway, Sam, Mary, and Pippin are seated elsewhere, so Frodo strikes up a conversation with the dwarf next to him, who is Gloin. Gasp. Ooh. 
Frodo, of course, knows who he is, uh, thanks to Bilbo's stories, and so they have much conversation. Gloin catches. I loved this bit because it would have been so exciting for Frodo to are be you? like, "Oh, hi, who are you?" And him would be like, "Yeah, I'm Gloin." Be like, <gasps> "Gloin, Gloin." I grew up on stories about you. Yep, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, and probably kind of fun for Gloin too. Yeah, and to someone who this... cares about the dwarves. Unlike <laughs> all the elves, wow, yeah. shade. Somebody, but also somebody who's like interested in him and his story and his family, and and somebody who he like another hobbit to meet because mm-hmm. I suspect the dwarves don't know many hobbits, and it's cool. I Although like I it. think, I mean, the the dwarves know more hobbits than other people because they actually kind of pass through and around the Shire, traveling. I guess, but I never. That's got... true. Just not these hobbit or not these dwarves. I never probably. got the impression that the friends of Bilbo that came to visit him really spoke to anybody else. Mm-hmm. No. So, Glenn talks about uh, Grim Beorn the Old, son of Beorn, which I really want the story of how Beorn had a kid. Like, he's the last the of the skin changers. So did you find, like, a mortal woman? Is it diluted? Or did you have mate with a bear? <laughs> what's going on yeah he didn't really seem interested in literally anything yeah the last time we saw like, him he just wanted to kill stuff so he had a kid yeah. no longer the last of his kind it's very exciting anyway so Grimbeorn is the son or it's the lord of some sturdy men who hold the land and scare off orcs and wolves as you do uh the grandson of bard rules in dale now this is grandson of bane son of bard and as far as the mountain, Dane is still king, and uh, now a ripe old age of 250. Sounds, sounds nice. Uh, seven of the original dwarves, um, and out of ten who are left alive at the end of The Hobbit, are still there. And once again, Bomber is fat-shamed. It's yeah. not... Yeah. That was gross. Yeah. Uh, Frodo asks after Balin, Ori, and Oin, who were the three not present in the mountain. And the way it's uh, structured in the book, I really loved it because um, Gloin just, like, lists off who is still there in the mountain and how they are. And it's, like, Frodo actually ticking off on his fingers, like, who's there and who's not. (laughs) Yeah. He just casually is like, and what about these three? And, yeah. I mean, I could come up with it if you gave me the list of of names, but not off the top of my head at a party. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely didn't know which ones were missing. Yep. Like I knew some of them were missing, but I was like, wait, mm-hmm. who is it? And even now, I can't picture which ones Bali, Ori, and Oin are, so. Uh, I only can thanks to the movie. No, that's what I mean. I oh. can't picture who they were in the movie. Got it. Um, do you really care? No. Nope. We don't. <laughs> um, Gloin uh, comments that they do not know what became of them, and that's part of why he's in Rivendell. That's a bit weird. Like, we don't know. But Missing think, dwarves. Yeah, sounds like a side mm. quest. <laughs> uh, Luckily, I think it's one we're gonna skip. <laughs> well, was that sarcasm? <laughs> I mean, we're not personally going after them. No, although I did just literally get that side quest in Dragon Age Two <laughs> to go after some dwarves. Yeah, three three wayward dwarves are in the deep roads. <laughs> oh, what a small world. So there's there's also a sad bit uh, where Gwyn talks about how the knowledge of metalworking has been lost because the knowledge died with the older dwarves and the dragon. 
This made me very sad. Um, but they are at least good at mining and building, though, so Dale and the Mountain are quite lovely to look at. But yeah. I thought it was really funny they have multicolored roads, both in the sense that their roads have many colors and also in the sense that roads are different colors. You've seen the Rainbow Bridge. I mean, that's what I was picturing. I was like, geez. They have pride roads. Yeah. This is a very Obviously. different aesthetic. I mean, that whole thing about there not being any dwarf women. <laughs> I mean, anyway. there are dwarf women. There are. Uh, anyway, um, Frodo then comments that Bilbo would have loved to see it again. And Floyd asks Frodo, you are very fond of Bilbo, weren't you? And Frodo again says... I would rather see him than all the towers and palaces in the world. Aww. Mm -hmm. so and then we do. Yeah. I can't, so I can't point, believe, like, why are people keeping from him right? that Bilbo's here? Like, why don't they just Rude. say, take some food over there and go visit with your, your family? Yeah. Like, I think why, this why one especially. With talking with, with Gandalf, it was less, it was more casual, like, Bilbo would like hey, this. Hey, we're going down to dinner and Bilbo will probably be there. Yeah, but why? Why didn't the other hobbit say something? Yeah, that one really gets me. Mm -hmm. Ugh. To be fair, we know Bilbo enough to think he would he would absolutely think it was great fun to surprise Frodo, and he would absolutely bully everyone into not not giving away the secret. Right, but I don't think Sam would hold to that. Fair. Uh, anyway, dinner concludes, so everyone goes to a new hall that has an ever burning flame for. A uh, Night of Songs and Tales. A small, dark figure is seated at the far end from the fire. Elrond beckons Frodo toward the figure, who raises his head and is... Cue you guys. Bilbo? Bilbo! No. Bilbo, Bilbo, <laughs> Bilbo, Bilbo. Oh, God. Bravest little hobbit of them all. So, uh, turns out Bilbo skipped the feast. <laughs> Never stop. To work I guess we're on just fixing. not going to comment. Great. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we're going to give you the chance to cut that out. <laughs> uh, turns out Bilbo skipped the feast to work on fixing a couple lines in a song he was working on. He needs Aragorn for help. Uh, Bilbo calls him Dunedan. Uh, and, like, of course, Bilbo and Aragorn are bros. They both enjoy hiding in dark corners to surprise Frodo. And yeah, and yeah. also Bilbo's already written him a song. I was going to say, if somebody wrote you a... Uh, a poem slash song that was then held with the same regard as prophecy sent down by the gods. <laughs> You'd like him too. I mean, not probably. Yeah, who knows? Nope. Someone depends on the prophecy. He's like Aragorn's personal uh, minstrel. He's uh -huh. a bard. Yeah, pretty much. No, someone wrote me a poem once when I was pretending to be queen for a class project thing, and let me tell you, it it it'll go to your head. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Bilbo tells Frodo that when he left the Shire, he wandered around a bit, but made it to Rivendell in short order, and then traveled eastward to see Dale, and then came back to Rivendell for the rest of his days. There you go. I wish I could retire to Rivendell. It'd be fabulous. Right? I mean, not even, like, retiring. Just let me live there. Now. <laughs> um, but Gandalf has been around, but refused to tell Bilbo anything. But Aragorn told Bilbo more, so Bilbo now, now knows about the ring. And we have uh, the creepiest of all scenes in the movie, where uh, Bilbo asks to see the ring just one more time. Frodo pulls it out, and uh, 
To his distress and amazement, he found that he was no longer looking at Bilbo. A shadow seemed to have fallen between them, and through it he found himself eyeing a little wrinkled creature with a hungry face and bony, groping hands. No. Nope. See, in the movie this was like a jump scare almost, Mm -hmm. but here Mm -hmm. I just found it so sad. Oh, I found it it pretty creepy here too. Like, it's a little creepy, but mostly I just was like, like, even after all these years away from it, mm-hmm. it still has this huge effect on him. No, it is It is really sad. But also Turn- creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the moment passes, and we all know how to look away at this point now. And uh, Bilbo at last understands uh, the whole everything about the ring and apologizes for passing the burden on to Frodo. And they return to talking about more pleasant things. Also significant to note that at some point while he was out, somebody put the ring on a chain and put it around Frodo's neck. Yep. Yeah, someone else touched it. I'm Weird. really curious about who that was and how that happened. It didn't escape, which seems out of character. Yeah. But mutter. Mean, my money would be on Elrond, but... I I guess. Or like Elrond and Gandalf in a pair of tongs. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so that they're not actually touching it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Rings around Frodo's neck now. I think it might stay there a while. Um, anyway. Yep. Aragorn arrives and Frodo greets him as Strider. There's a bit of amusement about all of Aragorn's names. He laughs when telling Bilbo that Strider is what they call him in Bree. And Bilbo uh, lectures Frodo on his elvish and not understanding the word Dunedan, because that's what they often call Aragorn at Rivendell. Well, Dunedan is uh, Sindarin, I believe. And obviously Frodo only speaks Quenya. Of Quenya. course. The older. <laughs> I did think that. More useless one. <laughs> the one that no one else speaks <laughs> literally anywhere. Oh, Frodo. So Aragorn and Bilbo retreat to a corner to finish writing the song. Which talk about procrastinating, they're writing it and then singing it in the same night. Yeah. Sounds like my kind of project. Yep. Uh, Frodo then listens to the music, which causes a, a great vision to fall upon him. And he sees far lands and bright things and a golden mist above seas of foam that sighed upon the margins of the world and an endless river of swelling gold and silver. And as Frodo drifts, Bilbo begins to chant some verses, telling the story of Arendelle and the Silmaril. Uh, it's very long, and, but quite lovely. And uh, notably, it has a completely different structure than the other songs and such we've had to this point. Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels a lot more... And he, it's talked as, as chanting, but yeah, it feels more like an Old Norse type of poetic structure yes anyway frodo uh opens his eyes and an elf named lindir urges bilbo to recite it again apparently uh there's some challenge to name which parts were bilbo's and which were aragorn's bilbo refuses teasing lindir for not being able to tell and lindir says that it's not easy for us to tell the difference between two mortals and Bilbo has a right good laugh at that. Like, uh, man, hobbit. Man, hobbit. <laughs> but Bilbo returns. the elves call them sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, it's nice though the elves aren't 
aren't that great still. Nope, still terrible. <laughs> Bilbo then returns to Frodo and reveals that actually all of it was his, but there, the Aragorn's one contribution was needing to put in a bit about a green stone, which was apparently important. Uh, and this is where I need someone to help me with my mythology. Mm? Why is the green stone important? No, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Cool. Google's green stone in... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, eh, well, you know, I didn't actually look this up at all. If it does matter, if it's just... Sweet Jesus. There is a ton of shit on this stone. No, there actually is a thing. It's <laughs> interesting, and it's called the Elisar, which that word mm-hmm. will come up again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so the Stone of Erendil. There you go. May or Was may this not... in the Silver Iliad, or we just forgot? I mean, it's quite possibly possible, but you know what? No, this is a gift from Galadriel, so we haven't gotten there yet. But it is the uh, one of the uh, the green stone of it was Erendil, so it comes up saved. later. It was saved by Idril from Gondolin and given to Erendil. Apparently, I have. I don't think this was in the Silmarillion. I don't remember this, but also I forgot about the Silmarils in the Silmarillion, so I'm not allowed to recall details. <laughs> okay. That was bad. Yeah. So anyway, yes, so this is apparently going to matter later. It will, in fact, return. So there you go. Yep. Important green rock. But anyways, this... Afterwards, when he's talking to Frodo and Bilbo admits that he wrote the whole thing, Aragorn didn't write any of it, he has a line that is the best. And uh, Bilbo speaking of Aragorn, otherwise, he obviously thought the whole thing rather above my head. And he said that if I had the cheek to make verses about Arendelle in the house of Elrond, it was my affair. And I love that Aragorn looked at Bilbo and was like, you want to write something about Elrond's dad and then perform it so that Elrond can hear you? <laughs> I am having no part of this. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but, you know, Bilbo would. And then, like, if you haven't read The Silmarillion, you wouldn't know that's what just happened. It's true. You would have no idea. You would, just, you would just be like, it would sound like Aragorn was saying that this was too big for Bilbo to even understand. Yeah. Yep. We're like, wow, this is an important person. I wouldn't mess this up. But no. No. Nope. <laughs> His almost father-in-law. Yeah. Uh, so after all of these humorous exchanges, uh, Bilbo and Frodo remove themselves to talk elsewhere. So uh, as they are leaving, a voice catches Frodo's attention, singing a song to Elbereth. Frodo looks back, noticing Elrond, Arwen, and to Frodo's surprise, Aragorn is next to her. Uh, and it's what described... could that possibly mean? I don't know. Standing next to each mm-hmm. other. Ooh, uh, ooh. I definitely think we see more emotional connection between Frodo and Aragorn. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, we do, however, get details of Aragorn's clothes. And uh, at this moment, his dark cloak was thrown back, and he seemed to be clad in elfin mail, and a star shone upon his breast. So, there you go. So he looks fancy. Yep, he looks fancy wearing elf stuff. And as Frodo is looking, Arwen turns her gaze upon Frodo, and the light of her eyes fell on him from afar and pierced his heart. Now he's in love too. Yep. Uh, so after this. I guess non- they could form like the ultimate power throuple. Yeah, that could be good. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. No one has to leave. 
I almost tried to make a joke about Frodo topping them both, but <laughs> couldn't get it together. <laughs> I couldn't get it together, and also the image in my head was. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for now forcing it upon us. Yep, it's, you're welcome. It's there. <laughs> so at last, Frodo and Bilbo return to Frodo's room, where they talk long into the night. Uh, Sam eventually knocks on the door, and there's a delightful exchange between between him and Bilbo here. Sam asks. Begging your pardon, but I was just wondering if you would be wanting anything. And Bilbo replies, And begging yours, Sam Gamgee, I guess you mean that it's time your master went to bed. Yep. See, this is why I don't really get the romantic tension or sexual tension between Frodo and Sam. Sam is too much of a caretaker to mm-hmm. Frodo. For me, personally, no judging. No, Um, I I'm- do like, I like getting the glimpse of the background of of sam and bilbo's interactions because you know they spent a lot of years in each other's company that isn't really part of the story and so we don't see much of it you know we hear all about frodo and bilbo but it's nice to see that nice sort of casual exchange between them anyway um bilbo tells frodo how lovely it's been to see him again and have some proper hobbit talk Uh, he then departs to have a walk and look at the stars and leaves Frodo to sleep. And that's it. Tomorrow we'll have some important stuff to do. In like the longest chapter of all time. Very long. And nobody moves. It's a sitting chapter. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Sitting and talking. It's true, they were a lot more dynamic in the movie. Um so anyway, uh favorite bits? Um Caitlin, you mentioned yours already. I did. It was so good. I love it. <laughs> There's another great line in there when uh right after the creepy ring scene uh, where Bilbo says, but don't adventures ever have an end? I suppose not. Someone else always has to carry on the story. And it yeah. made me feel things in my heart space. I also feel like that might be like a message from Tolkien who, you know, was pressured to write a sequel to The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't they ever just have an end? But also, well, not pressure to write, I guess, pressure to publish. Yeah. The whole chapter just, it was just such, like, like being wrapped in a warm blanket. It feels like coming home. Yeah, it does. It was nice uh, having a little reunion with all of our, all of our favorites. Yep. So many Unless somebody's favorite is the three we haven't met yet. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, it's so nice that all of the descriptions in this chapter match up so neatly with the images in my head from the movie, that everything just felt warm and cozy the whole time i do love the idea of this room with a fire that's never out that you can just go in and take naps and (laughs) of course that's the part that you like (laughs) it sounds really nice and cozy you know and like there's probably pillows and blankets you can just be like yep that's my nest right there just gonna curl up i mean it sounds unpleasant during the summer but it's october things so i'm just like ah I want to be in that room. We are well into February. No, they are in October. I understand that it's February for us. October the 24th? Yep. Uh, No, they went to sleep, so it's probably the 25th at this point. I thought they went to dinner. I thought he, like, slept through the day. No, because he woke up. Oh, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Boom. Not unlike yourself, Caitlin. (laughs) Fine. You're right. It was 10 in the morning when he woke up, so... Probably just nap to the rest of the day away, which is fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you you can you can very relate to this. I don't nap during the day. I sleep during the day. <laughs> You're like a vampire hobbit. Exactly. Vampire. Oh, sh- Mrs. Maggot. <laughs> um, anything else? I don't think so. I'm looking forward to, well, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to next chapter. Mm-hmm. I think it gets a bit tedious, but we do a lot of, a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because next chapter is my favorite scene from the first movie, so... Really? Does not the Council of Elrond is Mordor? your... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, from the first movie, yeah. The second movie is my favorite, and I understand everybody hates that, but it's my favorite. I, I, I can understand the second movie being mm-hmm. your favorite, but I don't understand the Council of Elrond being your favorite scene. Yep. Weird. Everybody's trying to one-up each other. It's just fabulous. Okay, yeah. okay, that's cool. No, my my favorite scene is the lighting of the beacons because obviously no in the first movie oh. Rachel oh god fine there are too many <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we've limited this more than you think mine is uh, probably just that bit when you first see the fellowship all walking together and they're going through those two rocks just because I have a very very clear memory of the first time because uh, that was in the teaser trailer mm-hmm. and I just remember seeing it in theaters for the first time and losing my emotional shit, although outwardly remaining very calm because I was with people. <laughs> no, I don't know. I can't come up with anything off the top of my head. I also like... See, all of mine are like the world ones. Oh no, it's it's the Aragorn introduction, obviously. Oh. What am I even thinking? <laughs> <laughs> with the glowing eyes and the pipe. <laughs> uh, when he whips the hood off. Oh, okay. It's It's a good look. It's a good look. Gotcha. With the greasy hair and yep. the intense expression. All right. I think that's that for this week. Yeah. So homework for next week is book two, chapter two, The Council of Elrond. Mm-hmm. And if you want to tell us about what your opinion is on Gandalf reading minds, please do so. We have a Twitter at to read Tolkien, or you can email us at want to read Tolkien at gmail.com. We also like uh, podcast reviews. If you ever wanted to do that, that's cool, too. So we will see you all next week. Uh, I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. And I've been Emmy. And bye. 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 bye.